Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues. So it's clearly the fall because I sound like this. My voice is scratchy. It's the change of seasons. I sound like this a couple of times a year for a couple of weeks each. So bear with me, please, because I sound a little raspy. But it's not going to stop us from doing our Q&A Tuesday because I have a lot of questions this week and a theme, it seems, about newborns. So let's call this the newborn edition of the Sleep Cues Q&A Tuesday, um, just lots of questions about, you know, from expecting parents and parents who are in even just the first couple of weeks of baby's life, asking about schedules, asking what's normal at this age. And of course, there's such a range for that. So let's dive in and talk about these questions that I've gotten this week. And I really trust, I try to group them into newborn stuff because there were so many of them that I figured let's just devote an episode to that. So first question is not necessarily just about newborns. So it's a good one to keep in mind, no matter what age they are, if they were premature, is how does adjusted age affect a baby's sleep? And it's a great question. And I would say there are a couple of specific ways that adjusted age can affect baby's sleep. The first and most important thing to keep in mind about how adjusted age might affect a baby's sleep, you know what, bag up. Let's actually first talk about what adjusted age is. That's a good idea because some of you might not know what I'm talking about. When we're talking about adjusted age, we are talking about a baby who was born well before their due date. So generally a premature baby is a baby who was, is considered a baby who was born earlier than 37 weeks. And so adjusted age is where we calculate what the baby's due date was and how much earlier they came from that and then determine from that how premature they were. And then we talk about their adjusted age, which is how premature they were, how many weeks early they were born as opposed to their actual age. So that's what we're talking about when we use that term. You will also hear people call it corrected age, but adjusted age and corrected age are what we're referring to, and that's with premature babies. So getting back to where I was at, which is how can it affect sleep? Most important thing to keep in mind is that it can affect your baby's awake window, wake window, awake times. So you've heard me throw around that term before. It means how long can your baby be awake before they need to be sleeping again, before they're going to be overtired. So with the adjusted age, we're looking at that when determining our baby's wake window rather than looking at their actual age. So let me give you an example. A wake window for a five-month-old is generally around two hours, while the wake window of a four-month-old is generally around an hour and a half. So if my baby is actually five months, but was born a month early, so they are four months adjusted, then I am going to give them the wake window of a four-month-old, not the wake window of a five-month-old. Because most premature babies do better with the wake window of their adjusted age rather than the wake window of their actual age. So I hope that's clear as mud, but I think that probably explained it. So that's something to keep in mind. The other thing to answer this question about how adjusted age can affect a baby's sleep is when you might start sleep coaching if you've decided that you want to do some sleep coaching. So I do not begin working with little ones and at the Happy Sleep Company, my team, we don't begin to work with little ones on formal sleep coaching until some point after the 14 week mark. When I say that, I mean adjusted. So if a baby 
is 14 weeks actual, but they were born four weeks early, we are not sleep coaching yet. We're looking at 14 weeks adjusted at least before we start formal sleep coaching before I would recommend that parents begin any kind of formal sleep coaching. So that's another thing to keep in mind if your baby was premature and you're looking at their adjusted age and how it might affect sleep. The rest of the questions really are into specific newborn stuff. So here's one. Newborn sleep, Erin, how do I handle naps along with parent anxiety? That's a really good question. I had so much anxiety around Myla's naps when she was a newborn. And we did a lot of stroller naps. And even in the stroller, she would scream a lot of the time. I remember passing the post person, the male person, every day at the same time while I walked quickly or ran with a stroller trying to get my baby to sleep and she'd be screaming inside of it. And I felt like the post person was probably judging me or maybe just pitying me because I probably just looked frantic and anxious. And it's hard. It can be hard to deal with naps when you're already feeling a lot of new things, potentially a lot of anxiety. Your hormones are all over the place. You've just had a baby and your baby's not napping. So how do you try to get your baby to nap, but also deal with parent anxiety in that newborn stage. And what I would say is, parents, give yourself a break. You're going through a lot. It's a lot of change. Whether it's your first baby or your fourth baby, it's still a lot of change. It can be overwhelming. So give yourself a break and don't stress if not all the naps are happening in the crib and find what works for you. If you are really wanting to try to focus on independent sleep or not all naps being on the go or contact naps and you're wanting to try to focus on some naps being in the bassinet or the crib, my best advice is to start with the first nap of the day. It's usually the one that baby is most tired and ready to go down for. It's usually the one that's easier and stronger than the other naps. So focus on that first nap and working on that one being in the crib if you want to, but don't stress about a lot of the other naps being on the go. If you found a way to get your baby, your newborn baby to nap, that isn't necessarily in the crib. For us, after a certain amount of time, I would say probably around the six week mark, we discovered the carrier, the infant carrier. And for some families they're using a wrap, for other families they're using like a soft structured carrier and that was the thing for us. And when I discovered that Milo would nap well and easily in that carrier, a lot of our naps happened on the go in the newborn stage because I was feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot was going on for us and We were working on some naps in the crib most certainly, but we were also giving ourselves a break and getting some fresh air and going for walks, especially late into the afternoon when naps got harder at home. We would let ourselves use that soft structured carrier and I encourage you to do that too if you are trying to balance naps and parent anxiety the way this question is talking about. Next question. Lately, I am up with my two week old for several hours at night while he fusses and grunts. Is that normal? Remember that your newborn has an underdeveloped digestive system. He's two weeks old. So it is pretty normal that babies make a lot of noise, that they do a lot of grunting, especially in their sleep or when they're in their cribs or their bassinets. So on one hand, I definitely wouldn't stress too much because that is very much within the realm of normal, but you also are now a parent with parental instincts and it never hurts to check with your family doctor or pediatrician if you have any concerns about something that's going on with your baby. So if this is going on and it's going on for hours, it's going on for a number of nights, or if at any point you just feel like maybe it's not normal or maybe it's something to be concerned about, 
the best place to go, first place to go is always your family doctor or pediatrician to check in and ask, is this normal? Do you see anything else going on? Do we need to check into something else that might be happening that's causing all of this grunting and seeming discomfort for my newborn? And they might say, all good, all normal. They might start to talk to you about something like acid reflux. It never hurts to check, so do that check-in. Next question. Infant sleep is so erratic, five exclamation marks after that. Is it realistic to expect a schedule out of a baby before six months of age? That is a great question. I like talking about scheduling because it's kind of a loaded word when it comes to babies and I like to explain what it means. So I would say yes, you can expect a schedule before the age of six months, but we are not talking about a by the clock schedule. We are talking about a wake window schedule. And so that means not every nap is going to happen at exactly the same time every day. Under six months, your baby as a newborn, they need like five, six naps in a day. As a four month old, they probably need four naps a day. As a five, six month old, they still need three naps a day. We cannot expect every day to look the same as the day before when we're having three, four, five, six naps in a day. What we can do is look at what's appropriate for our baby's wake time, wake windows, and base their schedule on that. So well, let's use that five month old example again. Today, my baby might wake up at seven, my five month old baby who I'm giving two hour wake windows, he might wake up at 7 a.m. So I'm gonna do his first nap at nine. And then if that nap is an hour and a half long and goes till 10.30, then I'm gonna do his next nap at 12.30. And then if that nap goes till like two, I'm gonna do his next nap at four. And if that nap is only 45 minutes and he naps till 4.45, then I'm gonna put him to bed at 6.45. So that's what that day looks like with those two hour wake windows. But the next day, that very same five month old might wake up for the day at 6 a.m. And now the day is gonna look different because now he needs to nap at 8 a.m. And maybe his morning nap is really short and he only naps till nine. Well, now he needs another nap at 11. So you can see that already the day is looking different than yesterday. But maybe that 11 a.m. nap goes long and he naps until 1.30. Well, now he needs another nap at 3.30 say he naps till quarter after four, I'm gonna put him to bed at quarter after six. That might seem like an early bedtime, but that was an earlier day and a tougher nap day, and so we do an earlier bedtime. But we focus on the wake windows, we do not focus on a by-the-clock schedule at that age. The first time that I recommend scheduling your baby's day by the clock is really when they turn about 16, 18 months and they get on a one nap schedule. Before then, it's really better to focus on wake windows. And then once your baby's about a year and a half and they are on a one nap schedule, they can handle a little more give and take with their wake times. And you can you know, have a child who wakes up at six, seven o'clock in the morning, goes down for their nap at the same time, 12 p.m. every day, naps for two to three hours and goes to bed at the same time around 7, 7.15 in the evening at that point. But before that, we want to focus on wake windows because we don't want to be keeping your little one up for too long and extending their wake window too long to try to get on this by the clock schedule. We just want to focus on their wake windows and adjust the day as you go. Final question for today. Baby is four months but still has crazy arms. How do I unswaddle? So a lot of four month olds are now ready to be unswaddled. If your baby is showing any signs of rolling or certainly if they have rolled, we've gotta unswaddle. Even if your baby still has crazy arms, we've just gotta do it because it's a safety issue. So we unswaddle and we manage and it's going to be a phase and it might be a tough phase for a week or two while your baby adjusts and there might be more night wake ups than you're used to, 
but we need to do it for safety reasons. If your baby is not rolling and they still have crazy arms, you don't necessarily need to unswaddle yet. Some babies are swaddled a little bit longer than other babies. So in answer to this question, how do I unswaddle? Well, if your baby's four months, has crazy arms, and isn't showing any signs of rolling, you could keep swaddling for a little longer. Some parents will like to use a transitional swaddle so their baby gets a little more used to sleeping in a more natural sleeping position. So something like the love to dream swaddle up can be a really good transition kind of swaddle where instead of your baby being swaddled with their arms pinned down, the love to dream swaddle up has your baby nice and tight and cozy so they can't be hitting themselves in the face with their crazy arms, but their arms are up in a more natural sleeping position. So that might be something that you want to try in the interim if you are seeing that your baby still has crazy arms, but you're also wanting to get towards unswaddling. So take a look at a product like that and that might help you out. So lots of newborn stuff today. Hope that was helpful. If you know a parent who is expecting or in that newborn stage, or if you are in that newborn stage, then definitely share this episode around. I hope it's helpful for you. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company, and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.